Hey, Oscar. Hello, hello. Look at you. We're ready to have some fun here. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even know we were recording. <laughs> That's going to be very fun. <laughs> yeah. Everybody I, just, I just roll with it. I just roll with it. You and I both. And I think that's uh, that's how we do it, right? That's right. <laughs> Wait, you're reminding me. You're taking me back to high school. That's that's how we do it. What's that song? You know what I'm talking about. This is how we do that, it. Yes. <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> Take me back. We must have been at the same high school. <laughs> hey, I still remember because, you know, I've grown up in Mountain View. So I remember in high school cruising down on Santa, well, El Camino by, uh, in Santa Clara by the old Kmart, which is no longer there. And then uh, I think they moved cruising down to downtown San Jose on, uh, on First Street. Yeah. Back when Which is that, funny because uh, I think I was cruising there too. And I think I, I might have gotten pulled over or something. I don't know. <laughs> too many girls in the car. <laughs> hey, Oscar, what's your last name? Garcia. Garcia in the house, everybody. I'm so excited to have you. Look, look, look at me. I feel like I need to work on this because I feel kind of powerful with this microphone right next to me. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you one thing, Martha. With or without a microphone, you have the power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is why you are a mentor to many. You give good, positive words. <laughs> and I can <laughs> That's how you and I started, right? Like, I think we must have met, uh, hey, on LinkedIn, like, a year ago, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. And yeah, I think, some, on a post or something. Yeah, something like know. that. And I, I actually had been stalking, I mean, following you <laughs> for a while. Because you're, you were always posting these, like, positive things. And I was getting ready to do um, a talk. And I'm like, this guy's Latino, right? He, he's talked a lot and he says he was shy and all this stuff and then I'm like well he's got to have some good advice so I think I uh, I took the risk and I said hey can you give me some advice I have this like thing happening right and I was going to talk in front of some people and you said Martha just speak with your heart that's what you told me yes that's true that's well first of all I'm I I'm really glad that, that we've, over the last, whatever, been a year, year and a half or so, that we've been able to develop our friendship. And it's really interesting because nowadays it's, it's been mostly through virtually because we did meet once. We've only met once in person. Yes. That was uh, at Adobe. You were very Epic. gracious to, enough to <laughs> invite me. Yes, beautiful building. Buildings there. We didn't and, have practice there, though. We were going to no, have that's practice true. for lunch, remember? <laughs> Los yes. That's right, that's right, that's right. But one of the reasons why I said to you, you know, just speak from your heart is because for the longest time I struggled to speak in public because I always viewed it as someone that has the gift of gab, someone that is an extrovert or, you know, a leader or an executive. I mean, that for, for many years throughout my career journey, that's those were the examples that I grew up with and I took courses and I tried to figure out kind of, you know, to improve my public speaking and not be as nervous. And then as we say in Spanish, one day I just said, you know, Pal carajo con todo eso. like <laughs> right. that is not me. Like I just need to be me. Yeah. And, and so therefore really when I give you or anyone else that advice, I'm also just speaking 
to myself again and reminding myself to just speak from my heart. Like, for example, this is a great example. I honestly, I mean, you reached out to me and, you know, we're, we're friends now. Like, you could have told me, like, hey, Oscar, you know, show up in the middle of, you know, downtown San Jose right now. For, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, like, without even asking. Oscar, you can't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't know we were going to be recording, right? And and I told you, like, hey, let's just roll with it. And That's my whole right. point is just speak from my heart. Speak from the heart. And, you know, it's interesting because you think, like, in these professional settings or whatever, you have to get, you know, pretty technical and professional. And, you know, so when you get feedback, like, speak from the heart, right? you know, let your pen be your ink. I don't, I don't remember what you told me, something beautiful like that. It's like so unique. And I think that I automatically connected with you on that because I'm like, yeah, because I can't speak any other way and I can't yes. write any other way because yes. I don't, you know, have the experience, first of all, being a speaker either. Like I don't, I'm yeah. not a writer, but you know what? I'm pretty good at doing things with my heart, right? Yes. 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 Right? Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Everything I... I think we do needs to be like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. I remember like about two, I think two or three years, no, maybe about three years ago, I got invited to speak for the University of California Black, I think, Administrators Council, which is essentially all African-American staff and professors from the whole UC system. They get together once a year. And there was a woman who spoke in the morning, basically taking a lot of the statistics, the data, and she also did a very nice job because typically those type of presentations like numbers driven are boring as heck. Okay. Yeah. And the way she was able to just highlight some numbers, but then bring it down with some stories in real life. Like even me, this knucklehead Oscar Garcia, who's not an you know, accountant or anything like that. Like, Oh yeah, I, that makes sense. But yeah. again, her whole conversation here, just speaking from the heart. Yeah. And even like, okay, so part of my like real job, because <laughs> I'm doing this because I like it, <laughs> is actually like interpreting numbers, right? Like, what do they mean? And it sounds pretty boring to a lot of people. But reality is once you put a story behind those numbers, oh, now it's starting to get interesting. Now that presentation saying something. So, you know, yes. I've learned, I, honestly, if that's the case, and I think I've been storytelling my whole life because I've been trying to tell these stories with these numbers, you know, in my career, my whole life. And, you know, anybody who's dealing with any money or whatever is going to have to do that, right? Yeah, yes. no death by yes. PowerPoint here. Oh, no, nope. none of that, none of that. <laughs> Hey, Oscar, let's tell everybody how shy you were. I saw this picture of you on a post, and uh, I think you're, like, hiding behind your mom. Like, that's how <laughs> shy you were. <laughs> oh, my God. My mom, true story. When I, and I have a, a picture of mi tío Roberto, my Uncle Robert, you know. But my mom, always growing up, she always would tell people, oh, Oscar's so shy. He's so reserved, just like his uncle Roberto. And so, you know, I just grew up with that label, right? Like, okay, just, you know, I wore it, yeah. But, I mean, there was some truth to it in that, again, my natural personality is, a, is an introvert. I've changed over the, over the years. And, but it's still, those, those of us that are introverts, like I say many times, we know that it takes a lot of energy to speak in public. And it does drain us. And so after I'm done, whether it's doing something like this or, or you know, a workshop or something that I do as far as public speaking, yeah, afterwards, I'm just pooped, emotionally pooped. Well, I hope you're not emotionally pooped after this, because I don't want it to be work. <laughs> no, it's never worked. No, it's actually, see, that's my whole point. It's hey, never worked. jumping jacks. <laughs> <laughs> it is, that's my whole point. It has never worked because I leave it all on the 
whatever you call it, the podium, the speaking tape, or the floor, whatever you want to call it. I give it my all. The Zoom. (laughs) Yes. Hey, so tell me, like, what do you normally do to, like, prep for these uh, talks? If you're a shy person, like, what's the, you know, I know with, like, maybe an extrovert, you know, maybe they're, like, rocking out and stuff. Like, what what do you do? Yeah. So, first of all, whenever I do my talks, I always, like, my trainings, so for example, because I do a lot of training, as you know, and yeah. I share a lot of that content online. I always organize my talks or my trainings, like, I'm telling a story. And in that story, there's some lessons. Again, going back to, you know, about speaking from your heart, that's how my brain works. That's how I can communicate my points. I put this story together and then in between I I give some tips. So I know my content, the material. I bring a lot of personal experiences as it relates to career. I mean, my area of focus is career development and then social selling. So I bring a lot of personal experiences into, into. So that's one thing that I do. The other thing that I do, and obviously I don't share this, but I will here, is, you know what? I always say a prayer before I do any talk. Even, actually, before getting on this podcast, I did. And my prayer is very simple. I always say, God, you know what? May the words come from you to my heart and out of my mouth. Because, quite frankly, that's how I feel. It's not me speaking. Okay, yeah. And I'm not trying to get here religious or anything because like I tell people, I don't give a rip if you believe in a pet rock, okay? I'm telling you my story. When you tell your story, I'll yeah. shut up and listen to you, okay? Yeah. But that's that's me. That's, who that's you really are. what I do. Yesterday, Frank Carbajal, I think you're connected to Frank. He yes. was saying that he did a special thing too and I think it's like whatever our special thing is, like that, hey, whatever works for us, right? I, right. I actually posted back on a comment from him because, you know, we're talking about what do we do, you know, before anything big. And I wear my, my golden earrings. They're called, uh, you know, lagrimas de oro, golden teardrops. And actually, they're, they're very popular in the Mexican community. And it symbolizes, like, you made it, right? And yeah. I wore them, you know, honestly, mine were basically tucked for, you know, three decades, maybe even four. Okay, you know what? Now I'm totally aging myself. But, <laughs> yeah, so lately, I actually been wearing them a lot. Which means that, you know, hey, there's a lot of good stuff happening. And, you know, for me that, you know, my mom worked in the flower nurseries and, you know, she barely had money, but in her eyes she was making it. And, you know, she had 50, 60 bucks for these earrings or however much they cost back in those days where dinosaurs were walking the earth. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, she, this was symbol of you made it. So to me, they symbol, you know what, mom? Yes, thank you. So that, you know, anyways, just to, so if ever anybody sees them on me, you know, I'm like, you know, humble down. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the important thing here that we're talking about is essentially connecting ourselves to something bigger than us. Yeah. You know, bigger. And to me, that is super important because I, well, to help people, just like I know you do too as well. And, you know, to do it just completely unconditionally yeah. without anything and any expectation. Uh, Nothing. Term. Nothing. You know, same thing here. I mean, you know, people ping me and they need help. And I don't, full disclosure, I don't know half the time what I'm doing. But I know that if I give the advice from the heart, Oscar, like you said, yes. it just, it, I think it resonates with people. And people can see right through not from the heart stuff. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. They can see right through that. And it's like, ah, there's just something there. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, I, yeah, that's how I feel. This is what I think you should do. And hey, maybe, you know, so thank you. Thank you from the heart. 
you know, thank you, Oscar. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for being here kind of impromptu <laughs> without notice. And we're just going to go with the flow. Let's do it. it. Yes. <laughs> that's, hey, that's it. it. See, that, that was another thing too, is I used to be super analytical. I would be the type that if Ikea was around back in the day when I was in my 20s, I would, okay, if you ever looked at the manual of Ikea <laughs> furniture, all it is is drawings, right? There's like hardly any text. Six well, figures. I would like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I would like, you know, try to find the text to the Ikea manual, okay? That's how analytical I was. And I realized that life happened, keeps moving on and rarely did I ever do anything because I was overanalyzing. I would yeah. get decision constipation. Yes. Yeah. And today, I just roll with things. I just roll with it. Isn't it so much freeing just to roll with it? It is. It is liberating to just kind of go with things. Like almost five years ago, in October this year, will be five years. And coming up five years, and I launched my business, my company. When I left, I was working as the head of the local chamber of commerce, and I didn't have anything lined up. Yes, I had been doing some informational interviews and talking to different people and stuff like that. But people thought that I was like – being like I was going to start like a, like a stealth startup or something. And I don't want yeah. to tell people about it. And they wouldn't believe me that, no, I don't have anything lined up. And I'm like, how can that be, Oscar? That's like so irresponsible of you, you know, like <laughs> not to have anything lined up. And I didn't. And a couple months after I left the chamber, that's when the contract opportunity came about through LinkedIn, which I worked there for one year. And the rest is, is history. But let's roll with it. Yeah, you know, you wrote about that. I think you wrote about that today, where you're just like, hey, if you want to do this, do it. If you want to do that, do yes. it. If you want, you know, so that kind of comes full circle. And that's, you know, Oscar five years ago would have probably not done that. Would have been, where's the Ikea yes. manual, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By the way, I only buy anything that's assembled there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anything that's not. Anything with a bunch of pieces, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love that you roll with the flow. And I think it's super important because you talk to a lot of young people. Yeah. I've been talking to a lot of young people too. And I think that's one thing that, you know, a lot of these young professionals, sometimes they want everything to be, you know, Ikea instructions, right? One, two, then this, then this happens and this happens. Yes. And what is, man, you're getting that stuff from the flea market and you better put it all together <laughs> on your own, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yes. sometimes things just kind of come on unconventional. If they don't, then, you know, don't, you're kind of setting yourself up for a lot of stress, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, very much so, very much so. And uh, you know what's sad? Because there are, I mean, some cultures more than others, okay, and just some parents in general that put so much pressure on on their kids, right, to be a certain to major in a certain whatever degree or and get a certain job, et cetera, and so forth. And, and see, that's the other thing too. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm 51 years old. I've been out in the workforce now for almost 30 years. So I've seen a lot. Okay. And like You're you said, baby. I, I am, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Ages but a number. That's right. <laughs> but like you said, I speak to a lot of young, young professionals, but then I also train a lot of, older professionals, kind of, you know, my generation and so forth. And it saddens me when I see my peers yeah. with that life just punched them in the gut and they're, they have this look of defeated, et cetera, and so forth. And it just saddens me. It's like, oh my gosh, wow. Like pivot, you can change. I have changed careers 11 times. Can you remember like 
I mean, don't, you don't have to remember 11, like, but what were you like first? And then like, what was that? Well, yeah, my very first job at a college was actually, I don't know if you remember Emporium Cap- Capwell. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. I do remember Kemba. that. They had really expensive clothes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So that was my very first job at a college. I worked at the, um, which is now the, the men's Macy's store at Valley Fair. It used to be Emporium. And I worked in the men's furnishings department, which was shirts, ties, and stuff like that. Yeah. Hey, I only lasted a year and a half, one holiday season. I, then I was out of there. <laughs> I turned into a Scrooge, man. Oh you my gosh, that's nice, hard work. Right? You're wearing the suit, like you yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Yes. Your family's like, this guy thinks he's all that because he's On that note, don't you think? So, same thing with me. Like, I've been like kind of in an office setting for a long, long time since I was actually very young. And you know, we had to dress nice. And you know, sometimes a lot of people, even that, you know my kind of people, you know, look like yeah. me, they would be like, oh my God, she thinks she's all that because she's wearing an emporium capsules, whatever, <laughs> you know? And, you know, instead of saying, congratulations, oh my God, you're working, you know, and wearing these really nice clothes. Anyways, I just, the reason why I say that is, hey, be happy for anybody who's making anything, yes. you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, you know what, and, and you hit on a point that I also have experienced as well. It's, I don't know what it is, what we want to call it, you know, in Spanish, if, you know, if it's envidia or, or, you know, jealousy or, or maybe just, maybe sometimes people just don't know how to give a compliment. I don't know. Okay. Like I'm not going to overanalyze it here, but I have experienced that for me personally, what I realized is I just have to feel good about myself and know that again, where my heart is. Listen, you and I could stand Again, in the corner of first and, you know, whatever, you know, Cesar Chavez Park right there in front of the Fairmont Hotel and be giving away $100 bills. And we are going to get people that are going to be skeptical about yeah. that $100 bill. And, and it's just, that's just the way people are. Yeah. And so I've learned to accept it and, and not let it bother me. I won't be skeptical, Oscar. You can give me $100. <laughs> <laughs> it is the way people are. And this is why I'm like, okay, if, if we're going to voice something, let's just voice that to be happy for one another because we're doing good. Irrelevant yes. of our color, irrelevant of our skirts. Irrelevant. And not your skirt. Your skirt's fine. <laughs> Okay, so you worked at uh, Emporium Capitals in the furnishing department. Did you sell any, like, couches? No, no, no. It was in the men's furniture. (laughs) Men's furniture, like shirt and ties and stuff. Shirt and ties, you know. Furniture. No, men's furnishings. That's what they call it. This is men's furnishings. Come on. (laughs) That's why they call it the lazy boy. That's it's for. No wonder they made fun of you, men's furnishings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, no, so yeah, so I did that, and then from there I uh, transitioned, worked for a finance company for a couple of years, and then eventually I worked for a manufacturing consulting company. That was actually, believe it or not, back then was my dream job. I wanted to work for a company that did international business, ideally in Latin America, because I'm fully bilingual in Spanish, and so I wanted to be able to use my Spanish and, of course, also yeah. the culture. And that was my ideal job, worked there. I don't know. I think it was a total maybe five, six years or something like that. In the late 90s, I left, and that's when I got into tech. I worked in the tech industry for 12 years, five different startups during that time. So were you like in hardware, network? Like no, no, no. I was doing uh, – it was uh, 
combination, yeah, some of it was combination of hardware and software, but I was in sales. Okay. Doing sales. So you're a shy guy who used to sell shirts and then went into sales. You had the shirts for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 I'll tell you, one thing I didn't tell you about the Emporium, before I got hired as as, as a department sales manager... I was working there during the holiday season for us just to make some extra money before I graduated, like the semester before I graduated. And at the time, I was in the um, women's accessories department, you know, purses, you know, necklaces and all that type of stuff. Anyways, the department manager at the time convinced me to work in the women's hosiery department. And I was like... <laughs> Are you crazy, dude? I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, no way. I'm like, yeah. I don't know anything about Hoji. The There's way he convinced me was. For, oh, well, it was the 90s. Yes, there was yes, a department yes, for Hoji. Yes, women's Hoji. Yes. And the way he convinced me was, he said, basically, I just want you to restock the shelves. Just go into the back and bring merchandise. And that's it. Like, you know, don't worry about anything else. Well, I was the only sales associate on in that department. So, you know, you would walk in or a woman would walk in, right? And like, of course. who else are they going to, yeah? And at first, women obviously would look at me and, and I, you know, I'm like, can I help you? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. And then after afterwards, I kind of caught on and I kind of turned it into a little game. Like, all right, you know, here comes Martha. <laughs> Let me, hi, can I help can you? Because I already Tim? knew. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, learned, hey, yeah. I learned about reinforced toe, sandal foot toe. Control top. Yes. important to me. <laughs> I that learned about so all awesome. that. See, little known fact, you know all about your hosiery. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah. funny. That is funny. Hey, before that, you were talking about, okay, before you started to work, you went to college. Were you the first person in your family to go to college? Your first generation? Yes. yes I, I, uh, I'm the actually the only one. Hopefully my younger brother goes back to college. But yeah, so far I'm the only one in my family of 10 that went to college. Family yeah. of 10? Yes. Where, where do you yes. like sit in the 10? Second to the last. Second to the last. That yeah. is crazy. You know, there's not that many people that are second to the last of 10. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. That's a lot of kids. Yes. Yes. A, now, so how granted, did you end up, yeah, how did you end up in school and, you know, the rest of the family didn't? So I have one younger brother, same mom and dad, yeah. and then uh, my other siblings are from my dad's side, uh, the family. Okay. We didn't grow up close or anything like that, and they were all born in Mexico, and then eventually they all moved here to the U.S., and yeah, actually all of them are now here in the, in the U.S., but when they came to the U.S., they were either teenagers or already young adults, and yeah. you know, like, like most people just start working. You know, type of thing. Yeah, you just um, reminded me, Mexico. You're from Zacatecas, Mexico. I'm gonna say that Zacatecas. because I think that's our connection. Because I think yes. you're another from another mother. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were just how there. Many my, people we, are from Zacatecas here, and then how many people are from Zacatecas in tech? Like now we're narrowing it down, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. Just, it's just like a couple of us. <laughs> yes. No, I, uh, although through LinkedIn, I have come across, you know, maybe about a 10 or 12 people that are actually from Jerez. Just last week, actually, I think it was on Friday or, or something like that. Someone connected with me because, again, some kind of post or I made a comment or something like that. He uh, and his wife traveled to Jerez, Zacatecas. That's specifically where my parents were from. And he wrote an article, a blog and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. 
That is cool. I work with the, a guy from Zacatecas too. His name is Martin. Shout out to Martin. He might have uh, seen you. <laughs> <laughs> we stick together. We stick together. And you know, the place that I'm from is a little farther from me where you're at. They make the tequila where I'm from. So right. next time so we got to have tequila. Where uh, uh, are Andale. Andale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is where Doña Florinda from El Chavo del Ocho is from. That's our, that's our uh, claim to fame. To fame. <laughs> well, I have another one to claim to fame, oh, okay. well, but it's Oscar a little distant. So, so one of my cousins on my mom's side is actually married to Pepe Aguilar's family. You so, told me that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I haven't seen a lot uh, lately. I'm not on Facebook, you know, that, that much yeah. uh, active on it. But at least last year, you know, when things were normal, there was a lot of pictures of my cousin with her husband and the rest of the family with Pepe Aguilar and all that type of yeah, stuff. So, so yeah, Pepe Aguilar is, uh, just for everybody who doesn't know, because look, look, I'm going to try and narrate it so people can understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Pepe Aguilar is one of the most famous singers in like Mexico, especially from this state, which we're talking about, which is the centermost state, right? So I mm-hmm. actually saw Pepe Aguilar when I was like 10 years old. And you know how most people like have this crush on like, you know, whatever, Menudo from, you know, (laughs) I had a crush on uh, Pepe (laughs) and I saw him at a rodeo at a charriada, they called it. And he talked to me, but I'm 10 years old, right? (laughs) Why doesn't he talk to me now? No, just kidding. Hey, Martha, be nice to me, and I can I might be able to oh, rearrange something. Yeah, 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 you have the connection. <laughs> that is funny. That's funny. That's awesome. Okay, so first gen, your family's from Zacatecas, like, and then you know you're the second to the last of ten to go to call. Like, how did that happen? How did you end up on like the whole school track? How did you even know who taught you to do this? Because I have to yeah. tell you, my situation was nobody taught me anything, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you. That's it. Part of it was luck. Part of it was different teachers in elementary, middle school, high school that took an interest, a liking to me. And then there was also the other part of it was just me just kind of being competitive too. That's that's one thing that I've always had. Like, oh, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm going to work hard, you know, and try to, like, I was I was one of those kids that tried to have per- perfect attendance, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, just that competitive uh, uh, side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I. I, Perfect attendance. You like raised your hand first. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite that much. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, I mean, in elementary school, my uh, Mr. Jones, my sixth grade teacher, who I remember giving all the students because at least back then, uh, middle school was seventh and eighth grade. So as we were moving on to middle school, I remember Mr. Jones asking me, hey, Oscar, you know that permission slip that your parents are supposed to sign to get you to go into like whatever advanced math? Have your parents sign it, you know? Like he reminded me. And thank God that he reminded me because I got it signed and that kept me on the certain math, whatever math class it is, whatever math track to continue so that when eventually when I got it to high school, I was on the college track math program. But it's not that I knew about it or my parents knew about it. It was just that Mr. Jones took that interest and, and reminded me, you know, to, to do it. Whether he knew or not, I, I don't know. I will never know. Okay. Middle school. 
you know, we need uh, my more Spanish Mr. teacher. Jones. We need more yes. Mr. Jones around. I have to tell you, sometimes it happens like that, right? Like it's just some random person that tells you something and, and then it ought to, it, it changes like the course of your life. Like right then and yes. there, in your case, just one math class may maybe like the difference for the rest of your life. Right. Yes. 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 So you're on the college track, ninth grade, right? You enter high school. Yeah, I'm on there. And uh, again, you know, there was a program, it's still around, called MESA, Mathematics, Engineering, Science Achievement, Mm -hmm. that gets students. Now we call it STEM program Mm -hmm. or track. And so same thing, uh, they kept me on track on the, what they call whatever, for the UC school system, A through G or whatever the requirements are. And for me, I mean, I, I just I just needed an outline to figure out, like, and so I made sure that I took those classes that I needed to stay eligible for UC uh, schools, and and then in the process, you know, I got some good grades. I wasn't like super whatever, you know, valedictorian or anything, but they were good enough for me to eventually apply to the UC school systems. I was very fortunate to get into and, and graduate from UC Berkeley. Yay! so awesome did anybody tell you how to like okay so my daughter is applying for colleges right now so she's where you are right so she's applying for colleges right now and she's funny she's just doing her thing and wherever she ends up and she has a good attitude about it she doesn't have her mind fixed on any like one school or anything like that but it's because we've kind of no, you know, I work with a lot of people who go to college and, and that's how kind of I found out, right? Kind of through work yeah. and I got my college degree later. You know, in your case, did somebody like teach you like how to sign up for these applications for these schools or did you just know, you're, you're just smart. You just knew. It, no, it was, uh, well, it, it was a combination. The, the MESA program, there was also, I think towards the tail end of high school, I also was part of this EOP program, early outreach program, which which also works with minority students, low-income students. They would provide certain classes on how to apply to college. You know, when it came time to fill out the applications, I did that myself, filling out the essay, the what they call the personal statement. I did that myself. In fact, I remember the applications were due November 30th. At the beginning of November, I walked into, I think it was my math class. I saw a friend of mine who was, she was filling out the, uh, or, or writing her essay. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm filling out, uh, you know, my, my personal statement. I'm like, oh, good. And then all of a sudden I thought, damn, I better get on it. Like, I better <laughs> start writing this thing. You're like cruising <laughs> in San Jose. You're like, haven't had yeah. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it was just a combination, like I said, of, some luck, some teachers mentoring me, and then just my own personal drive to just, yeah. you know. That to, fire to in your gut, you know. Yes. That fire in yes. your gut. You know, we sometimes ignore that, right? I ignored it a lot, actually. And I think it's something that, um, just full disclosure, it's, you feel it, execute on it. Like you say, just do it, right? Whatever that might be. I yes. it was, it wasn't as confident as you. And, you know, people had to kind of pull that out of me. And thank God for those people, those Mr. Jones, right? Is it Mr. Yes. Jones from sixth grade? Yes. Yeah, that kind of see that in us. For me, it was people I worked with, mentors, that kind of thing, um, supervisors. And uh, yeah, thanks for pulling that, you know, from us, that fire in our bellies, yes. that fire in our bellies. Yes. What advice do we want to give like young professionals who are starting out? I mean, you're doing hosiery. We can't tell them to do that because hosiery is <laughs> like gone. <laughs> It's not the 90s anymore. No, not the 90s. You know what? One advice that I give young professionals, I tell them to approach the career like if it was a buffet. And 
think about this, okay, when we used to, because, again, buffets are not around right now because of COVID-19, okay? Yes, um, but typically, you walk up to a buffet, and at least what I do is, because I'm a picky eater, so I kind of scope it out. I see, is there anything here that I like, because obviously I don't want to go hungry, and sure enough, there's always, you know, one, two, three things, you know, that I'm, okay, good to go. Like, if nothing else, at least I'll stuff my plate with those three things. But then the other items on the buffet table, we should do what our parents always said to us, don't say you don't like something unless you try it. And so I tell students, hey, go try something, go try a job, you know, whatever, you know, career, whatever. And if you don't like it, well, then you learn one, A, that you don't like it. Yeah. B, you're not going to do that again. Or if you do like it, wow, I really, really like this. And you, it's a self-discovery of things, of a discipline, of an industry, some skills, et cetera, that you like. And the other thing is, I mean, seriously, like, like I said before, I know some 50-plus-year-olds right now that are having to start over again. You're in your early 20s. You've got some time. You can start you over up. every year if you want. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's okay it's okay you know honestly to that point like how do these young professionals even I mean there's hundreds of different like roles out there like that's one of my like big peeves right now like they don't you know we just worked with interns at our work and they're like what you know some of them didn't know what a certain you know position name was what they did I wish there was more explanation of you know these different roles at these different companies maybe even like a glossary or something I don't know maybe it's you know, whatever, but people are going yes. at these jobs and not really knowing, like, what does that, all that fancy stuff on that job description really mean, right? Yes. So this yes. is where I think, like, a LinkedIn type of environment is cool because you can reach out to people who are maybe doing that job. And by the way, just like I reached out to Oscar and he gave me, like, some of the best advice I've ever had, just don't be scared. Just reach out and say, I need, I'm trying to figure this out. Can you give me some advice? What's that job look like? Like, do a lot yes. of that. I do a lot of that yes. now and I'm, you know, headed towards that 50 something, you know, and I'm asking questions cause I'm doing new things now. Right. Yes. I don't even know. So, yes. and that's cool. Ask a lot of questions and, and then we will discover that there's amazing people like Oscar that are willing to just give you advice, give you their experience, give you a nice story, maybe make you laugh, you know, whatever that is. Right. Cause my cheeks hurt right now from laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah but like reach out because how are these people supposed to know what all these jobs are yes you're right we sometimes fear especially young professionals don't know how to network and we fear like what am i going to say to you know to the Marthas of the world the oscars of the world or whomever right like what am i going to say and so forth but here's the thing it's like if we don't ask we know what the answer is going to be no right and if if we do ask Hey, there will be some people that even even though there are good people, for whatever reason, are not going to respond to you. Maybe they're busy or whatever, or maybe sure. the way you reach out to them, you know, that's not how they communicate, you know, et cetera. And then there's going to be some people that will reach back out to you and give you some some advice. Yeah, and I think it's okay to, you know, I reach out to a lot of people now. And I think the one thing that it's like, you know what, I'll send out, you know, whatever, five, ten different questions or, you know, networking, whatever, uh, conversations. And, you know, maybe nobody answers me back. And as long as you're kind of, I kind of brush it off my shoulder. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I tried. And then every once in a while, like something will, it will stick. And all of a sudden I made an amazing connection 
And it's like, yeah, just, you just never know. Just ask. And I have to tell you, like, throughout my life, and I don't know if yours is the same, but most of my jobs have been through conversations, just networking that we've gotten along with. And there was no LinkedIn back when I was looking for jobs. No, 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 no. There wasn't even, there wasn't even, (laughs) yes, prior, prior to 2000, I think it was, there wasn't even monster.com. Okay. Like, like it wasn't, it was just, it was totally networking. In fact, that's part of what I share. That's actually my approach when I uh, – some of the career development training. Like I tell people, listen, think back senior year in high school. That student, maybe usually it was an athlete who was really good at what they did, you know, whatever, football, basketball, track and field, whatever it was. And they had universities courting them to go to their school. And we – you know, would say, well, of course, Oscar, because they're like really good at what they do. And I'm like, I know that. I agree with you. But let me ask you this, Frank, when you're applying for a job, are you not telling that employer that you're the best candidate? Right. Yeah. Well, then how come that company doesn't come to you, Frank? And the reason, Frank, is because you don't know how to market yourself. Yep. If we learn how to network, how to market ourselves and utilize these, we will attract those opportunities. Yeah. I say this a lot. Your vibe attracts your tribe. That's right. That's Oscar, right. You're my tribe. You're in my tribe. Hey, man. Yes. Count me in. Count me in. <laughs> yes. Count me yes. in. I totally agree because, you know, I have to tell you, like, so all the jobs I had, right? Yes, Martha's cool. Martha's a hard worker. Martha can do it. Yeah, hire Martha. You know, and it's like nobody really knew. Again, no LinkedIn, no resumes, like whatever. It was all kind of word of mouth. And actually, that hasn't really changed much. No, no. <laughs> No, not at all. What's changed is how we're doing it because now if we weren't, you know, in quarantine or whatever, COVID-19, you and I would probably be across the table right now, you know, just, right. you know, talking. But how we do it, it's, it's changed. But the fundamentals of building and nourishing relationships remain the same. That's right. That's right. Get to know the people that you're going to talk to and get to know the places that you want to work at. Get to know what yes. kind of, you know, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And then start maybe kind of having these personal connections, right? Like I know, yes. you know, you like to cruise when you're in high school now. Now we got, you know, now we have a conversation, <laughs> right? Yes. I, all of that good stuff. Like all of that actually matters. Irrelevant of your position, you own your own business. Right. Yes. I, I'm a senior, whatever. I, I didn't care about titles, but you know, uh, in You're a senior chingona. <laughs> I'm going to put that as my title, but He's you know, a senior, uh, senior chingona, uh, haciendo adobe. <laughs> I mean, trabajando para adobe. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been around for a while. Right. And it's like, you know, sometimes people are intimidated. By, you know, and it's funny because now people are like, oh, it's so intimidating to talk to you. I'm like, me? Are you guys kidding me? <laughs> like, I'm the most down-to-earth person, I think. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes I'm not. But, you know, I, reach out. Like, it's okay. You'd be surprised, like, you know, how many amazing people, irrelevant of the title, will actually be like, yeah, come on, let's have, you know, some coffee. Yes. Like said, we'd probably be, you know, across uh, the table right now actually having this conversation. Yes. The mic yes, in front yes, of us yes. would be really weird. But... <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. Hey, so I wanted to, to ask you another question. It's super totally off the wall. If you're in your car driving, Oscar, like down Santa Clara in your cruising days, like what song would be like blasting and you'd be like, what, what, what would that be? Hey. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what would that yes. be? Oh, my God. Well, 
Okay, so let me tell you the song that, that just came to my mind, the first one, okay? <laughs> but I want you to know that I have a very diverse taste of music. Me too, me too. But, but yes, but the very first song that came right now to my mind is Un Puño de Tierra, Ramon really? Ayala. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and let me tell you why, let me tell you why that, that, that is. I lost both my parents uh, almost five years ago. Oh, I'm sorry uh, my, about that. Thank you. My dad passed away Thanksgiving weekend, 2016, and then four months later, my mom passed away. And if you notice a lot of the things that I share on LinkedIn, a lot of posts, mm-hmm. um, I oftentimes reference my parents or some life lessons yes. that I've learned from them. And the reason is because obviously I've been doing a lot of self-reflection and just thinking back of, of my childhood and the way my parents were. And of course, my parents were not perfect at all, but I focus on the positive things and that song to me right now and where I'm at in my life in terms of my journey is I actually do want to leave some, a legacy to have a positive impact on people's life and who those people are. I don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, there could be people I, I will never meet, you know, and, and one day they were like, Oh crap. You know, he said this or I read this or whatever. And so that's why that, song sticks in my mind right now um how, how, you know, about how leaving that, that song go um well what it says is that the only thing that, that we're going to take with us is a handful of dirt that's it yeah. and and so it's like all the material stuff i mean all that like yes it's fun like don't get me wrong man i love having a nice fancy car home all that type of stuff but at the end for me it's more about the impact that I leave that legacy that I have on other people. So thank you for saying that because I think now more than ever, it feels like, you know, we're thinking about those things a little bit more. I feel like there's a little bit more humanity, even entering like these work environments, right? It's like, you know, people, yeah, okay, we want to talk about work, but I want to know how you're doing. I want to know like, you know, what's making you like sad, what's making you happy. Like we're actually caring about kind of like, humanity type stuff and I actually love that and I love that you post about your mom your dad I do the same thing I do the same thing and maybe because I'm a little older whatever and you know my parents I don't have a dad my mom is uh I appreciate like I'm appreciating everything that she's done for me because I would not be here here today with Oscar if it wouldn't have been for her you know so I think it's important to kind of, you know, realize that and appreciate that. And yeah, let's talk about family and let's talk about all that. And that's how you get to know the real, you know, Oscar Garcia, right? And now we have like, not only like a professional connection, but now we have a personal connection. And now I know that, you know, when we're sitting across the table at some bar drinking some tequila, what song to ask for, (laughs) right? No, like, see, like these are yes. like things that, yeah. you know, you need to, you know, these yeah. little things, I think, you know, connect people. And yes. now more than ever, although we're disconnected, like personally, right, we're not seeing each other. I just see you on right. the screen right now. And it sucks because, you know, I actually feed off vibes of humans, yes. like actual yes. in person. So, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best here. <laughs> Hey, this is plan B. We'll take it. We'll take it. Right. That's right. Yeah. Total appreciation for, for our parents. Oh man. Yes. Now I I, like some rancheras. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes uh, will tell people I am very grateful, very fortunate that I went to UC Berkeley, a public university in the world, but Berkeley has given me that ticket that's opened doors 
But the life lessons that I've learned from my dad, who was a dishwasher, my mom who worked in housekeeping, those life lessons is what's helped me get through the challenges yes. in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, they're hard work, right? And I think, you know, that's the part of our work life nobody talks about. It's the before you started working, like what were those things that we learned now as adults, right, that have made us yes. who we are, right? Yes. The same thing. You know, my mom cleaned houses too. I get it. I get it. And it's like they were earning like peanuts. Seriously? Yes. I can barely yes. clean my house now. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't clean my house. No. That's why you have that fancy like background. Yeah, I don't, want, I don't want you to see that I'm a hoarder. I'm actually a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. So. <laughs> so for everybody listening, he has a beautiful picture of like wineries and vineyard and a uh, what does it say? It's a Saratoga. It's, it's actually the Mount Winery. Yeah, Saratoga Mount Winery. Concerts. They do concerts there, which I miss concerts. <laughs> I miss yes. concerts. Oh my yes. God. So I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, I have a friend speaking of Spanish songs that are like rancheras and kind of our roots. I yes. also play, you know, a lot of that type of music because that's kind of what my dad listened to. Right. Mm. And yes. so that to me means family. So I played it. Mm. And then some, I have this friend named Sandra and she's going to kill me when she hears her name on this. But she was always embarrassed. She's like, oh, my God, you're embarrassing me. Wait. And then, of course, I, of course, me being me, I turn it up even higher. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's no, it's funny. Awesome. That's funny. But, hey, so I'm hearing, like, you know, you said you like to end your talks with lessons, the lessons of Oscar. And I heard, I heard a couple, like, during our conversation. And one, you started with just roll with it. Like, Martha didn't tell me that she was going to do this talk. I'm just going to roll with it. And I think that's right now. I mean, we're pivoting everywhere, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I guess I'm doing this today. Like, I usually go to events and, you know, there's no events right now. I guess we're doing them digitally, you know, it's like, yes. whatever. So, you yes. know, huge lesson there. Right. And yes. you, you preach that all the time. So thank yes. you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. I didn't want to leave us without you telling me a story because you're a storyteller about the time your mom sent you to school with a sandwich made out of, Beans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh gosh, you're taking me way back. Way Come back. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh so the peanut butter sandwich story is what I call it. So I was on the free and reduced lunch uh in elementary school, middle school too, okay? You know, of course. The kids on the free and reduced lunch are in one lunch line, and then all the other kids are, well, they, they wouldn't get in lunch because either A, they brought lunch with them, or their mom, or usually it was the mom, would bring them lunch from McDonald's, or there was a place here where I live in Mountain View called Linda's Burgers, which was super famous, no longer around. But anyways, you know, after a while, I just got like, I was embarrassed to stand in that free and reduced lunch. And then mm. secondly, it was unhealthy food. <laughs> Okay, it was it like tasted horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Did you, un- you want filet mignon? Like what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little love, you know. At least warm up the food or something, warm you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember in second grade in health education portion of a class. Can you imagine that they don't they don't do this anymore because of the peanut allergies? But I remember my second grade teacher pulled out some sliced celery 
with peanut butter. And she's like, you know, educating us on alternative healthy foods. And so she passes it around and I grab it and I tasted peanut butter for the first time. I'm like, because wow. <laughs> I've never Mexicans don't eat peanut butter. At least, you know, not really. Okay. And so, so anyways, so one day I begged my mom and I said, mom, mom, I said, can you please make me a sandwich? I don't want to stand in that line anymore. And, and she's like, okay, mijo, está bien. well, you know, that's all I did. And the next morning she packs my lunch and off I go in my whatever lunch bag or whatever, take it to school. I didn't even pay much attention until recess lunch recess came around and you're all sitting on that green bench. Remember those green benches, right? You're oh, all yeah. sitting, all oh, the kids yeah. are sitting on those green benches, right? And I'm like all excited inside. <laughs> I'm all giddy because I'm like, yes, I did not have to sandwich. stand in that free and reduced lunch. Yeah, I'm going to have a sandwich. I'm going to be able to fit in with all my little white friends. You know, I'm not going to have to stand out anymore or anything like that. Yeah. Like I felt like I was in, okay. I was in, okay. Yes. Even if it was for like 10 minutes, okay? And <laughs> you were gonna eat that sandwich and show it off to yeah. everybody. Yeah. I was maybe uh-huh. gonna trade it, you know, Look or something, you know. Yeah. Well, the first clue that I realized this was not gonna go the way I planned was that when I opened my lunch bag, I realized my mother had packed my sandwich in the long sandwich bag. You know, like you know how long those suckers are, right? Like yeah. like how come she couldn't pack the it one in a with regular like thirty slices of sandwich? Yes, yeah, just those long ones. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, why couldn't she just put it into like a Ziploc bag or something, right? Um, um, me mama. Okay, whatever. So here here I am with my little arms reaching deep inside the um, that lunch bag and but still I'm hopeful because I'm like, oh my gosh, yes my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then I grab the sandwich and I pull it out and as soon as it's in front of my eyes, all of a sudden my eyeballs just go like super huge, you know, because I realized that my mom had not made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it was two slices of white bread with whole beans inside. I was like, no, oh my gosh, mom, no, what are you doing to me? I grabbed that, that sandwich, I wrapped it, threw it back in the bag, wrapped that bag, you know, multiple times, and I quickly went to the garbage bag and threw it away. And the yard duty comes up and she's like, What's the matter, Oscar? Aren't you hungry? I'm like, no, I'm not hungry. And like, me llevaba el hambre para la chingada, man. I was <laughs> super hungry, but I was like, I was starving, man. I'm like, my mom, whole bean sandwich. Really, mom? That's a not whole, peanut butter. They don't sell that at Subway. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. And that like, is hilarious. Oh my! And, to, and today, and today, I can just have bean tacos all the time. In fact, of in course, high school, they're delicious. Oh my gosh! In high school, I would come home for lunch sometimes, and my mom would make a bunch of bean tacos. Man, I would just pig out fifteen twenty. <laughs> Especially if it has a little salsa. Yes! Oh my gosh! But not yes. as an eight-year-old. As an eight-year-old, we want a sandwich. <laughs> we wanted to fit in. <laughs> That is awesome. That yeah, we want to fit in, and you know, that's the thing with like you know having you know coming from our environments. It's like our parents don't know what the other environments yeah. are, right? Yeah. Like I remember going to a a field trip. I think we were going to like I don't know the San Francisco Mint. You know where they make those coins. And yes. um, my mom did pack me a sandwich because she wanted me to fit in, and that was awesome. I thanked her for that. But you know, another little girl right next to me brought some boiled eggs 
And I actually felt bad for her, you know, because I, yeah. you know, she was kind of the, you know, I was like, ah, oh. I felt like giving her half my sandwich, but I was so hungry. I didn't give her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> Belinda. <laughs> sorry, Belinda. It's my sandwich. <laughs> I love that story so much. I love that story so much. And now that I'm laughing so hard and my cheeks are so red, I think we're going to stop me here on a really, really good note. And hey, I can't believe you were shy, first of all. Like that, like you, you're shy. Like, come on now. <laughs> You hey, like hosiery, you had 11 yeah. careers, like now you're a business <laughs> owner. If, if you can do it, like, come on, you ate beef yeah. sandwiches. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I tell them. Listen, man, if I can do it, you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And see, I also just want to say... You have given me some of the best advice of my life. And that's why when I was like, who do I want to talk to? And hey, you know, you and I are going to be across, you know, table soon enough. And we're going to be yes. with rancheras. You know that. But you said, speak with your heart. You know, let your heart be your pen. And I know yes. that, you know, sometimes, you know, those kinds of things might sound cheesy to some people. To me, it was the best advice ever. And I think now more than ever, we need to do that. So thank you, Oscar, for being you. And thank you for, for giving me that amazing advice. Uh, no, thank you, Martha, and um, I appreciate that. And I see, you, you just know that when someone asks you for your advice and you give it, you know when a seed lands in fertile ground. And I want people to know that I have seen your both professional, but also just your growth and getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, listen, that talk that you did uh, at your company almost about a year or so ago, I got tremendous amount of recognition, but it's not so much the recognition. What's more important is the fact that you did touch so many people's hearts. And I also know not that long ago, you were on a podcast with the El Mero Mero, Guy Kawasaki. Guy like, Kawasaki, hello. remarkable people. Okay, yes. that, okay so let me tell you how that started. I saw him 10 years ago on a stage and I told you, I've always been like mesmerized by speakers and you know, hence the reason I reached out to you. But this guy I saw on stage 10 years ago and I'm like, Oh my God, he's so cool. Like, you know, how does he move? How does he talk? And you know, me, I've always wanted to be a speaker. Right. So, you know, something about the stage just kind of attract, but you know, I'm just this poor girl from Mexico. Right. Like I, I didn't feel comfortable and I yes. didn't like put that in the back of my head. Bottom line is fast forward. Da -da 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 a lot of years and you know I do the talk and I Guy Kawasaki had a LinkedIn live going on and I said oh my god Guy Kawasaki I remember seeing him on I'm like you know what I'm gonna reach out to him and I'm gonna tell him I, I love seeing him on stage and here I was on a, a stage two and he motivated me to speak like you know similar to him yes. and I, I, anyways I just told him that and I might have started with I got smuggled across the border. I might have I might have I'm not I'm not gonna, I'm a marketing person guys so I did <laughs> I went out to, to him and, you know, lo and behold, he responded. He has 3 million awesome. followers. Like, what the oh, heck? Yes. So, lesson learned. You just never know. Put no. yourself out there. Uh, yes, you're yes. absolutely right. It's only been a year. I've been doing kind of crazy stuff. And you're right. I'm totally a little bit out of my comfort zone. I'm literally, okay. like, looking at the mic going, God, I hope this all recorded right now. <laughs> <laughs> If it's, so if it's fun, I'm realizing if it's fun and it feels good, we just need to do it, right? Exactly. Yes. Amen. <laughs> amen. And on Absolutely. that note, amen. We're out.
Thank you. <laughs> this is Moments with Martha. Peace and love, everyone. Adios. Peace.